0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, ripe for better plant productivity. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's Daily Bolt. So, uh... The title of this podcast has a slight play on words, given that you think of plants as being ripe, fruits, vegetables, etc., etc., but that's not what I'm talking about with respect to RIPE. RIPE is an acronym for a research project entitled Realizing Increased Photosynthetic Efficiency, or RIPE. And this is a project which has been uh, led by the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. If you've ever been to Urbana-Champaign, it's in the center of Illinois, which is flat. It's surrounded by corn, soybean, uh, other uh, crop fields all over the place. So it's a perfect place for a lot of agricultural research to be done. And uh, there has been a lot of work over the last six Seven decades or so to try and come up with ways to make uh, the limited amount of land we have and it's even shrinking uh, dedicated to agriculture grow more food for a growing population. And this has led to various uh, hybriding techniques, uh, which are genetic modification techniques. People get all freaked out over GMOs, but even grafting uh, one plant onto another is a genetic modification technique, whether you realize it or not. Um, Much of the food that we eat today, even things that are not considered GMOs, may well have been a GMO seven decades ago. Um, there are lots of species that have been re- been bred to be uh, resistant to uh, insecticides, resistant to insects, resistant to root rot, resistant to drought, and it, all sorts of things so that you get more crop for the amount of land that you're planting. And this uh, research project, this RIPE project, is designed to tackle a different angle than has been dealt with before. And that's making the plants more efficient to begin with. And the main process for plant growth, as many of you may recall from your uh uh, elementary and high school and college biology classes is the process of photosynthesis, where a light energy comes in, it stimulates certain cells. In the plant uh, to uh, pr- to produce substances that the plant can actually use for its own growth. Uh, that's a very very simplified way of looking at photosynthesis. But I don't have 15 minutes in this podcast to just devote to all the steps in photosynthesis. So we're just going to go and assume that you remember that photosynthesis is something. Where the light energy basically gets converted into uh, materials that the plant can use for growth. Uh, And so it makes sense that the more efficient you make the photosynthesis process, the faster the plants might grow, the more leaves that they may produce, the more flowers and the more fruit, whether it's fruits or vegetables. Uh, So this project uh, has been going on for a while, uh, and there have been several breakthroughs in this project uh, already. Uh, What we are trying to do, basically, is to uh, resolve a couple constraints on photosynthesis in this newest breakthrough one where plants transform the light energy into chemical energy and one where the carbon dioxide gets uh, incorporated into the sugars that the plant actually uh, needs so Inside two separate subsystems is where the sunlight gets captured and turned into chemical energy that's used for other processes. Involved in this is a transport protein that is called plastocyanin. This moves electrons into the photosystem to fuel the whole process of photosynthesis. Photosynthesis, okay. But this compound, this transport protein called plastocyanin, Uh, basically uh, does its job, but then it doesn't get out of the way. And for the process to be more efficient, uh, this plastocyanin protein needs to be able to get out of the way uh, from the photosystem. So that's what we call sort of a traffic bottleneck. And the way that the team approached this was to allow this plastocyanine to share the load of the process of the electron transfer with a different transport protein called cytochrome C6. And uh, this particular protein, cytochrome C6, does uh, exist in algae. And it has a similar function of sharing the load. In most land plants, there's very uh, little of this cytochrome c6 functioning and it gets uh, basically bottled up by the plastocyanine. So uh, for plastocyanine to exist you need to have copper available in the soil and cytochrome requires iron to function and for algae uh, depending on how much of those minerals is in the water it can pick which transport protein to use for the photosynthesis process. So the idea with this research is to basically allow for enough of of the two nutrients to be available so that you can have more of the cytochrome transport proteins that can help release the bottleneck of the plastocyanin protein. At the same time The team was looking at fixing the second bottleneck where carbon dioxide is incorporated, or what we call fixed, into sugars by adding a key enzyme that's got a weird name, Sbpase, P-A-S-E, and this is actually borrowed from uh, other plant species and cyanobacteria. What this basically allows to happen is you're basically finding ways to get more electrons into the photosystems and you're getting uh, the water use efficiency and the incorporation of the carbon dioxide into the sugars to both be more efficient and in the same time the plant uses less water That's a side effect that wasn't anticipated, but it's a good side effect because one of the other limitations on plant growth is the availability of water. So the trials that they've done so far have been uh, basically using tobacco. And it's often a crop that gets used in a lot of uh, biological research because uh, it's easy to engineer, It's easy to grow, it's easy to test. And so now the next step is to take these tests to staple food crops. Corn, peas, soybeans, uh, various other grains uh, that are commonly grown in many countries. And they're hoping that they'll see results that were similar to what they found in tobacco. Basically, Uh, They think that there has the potential for food crops to be up to 50 to 60 percent of an increase in plant productivity, meaning more food. Uh, This could be very big news if it really transfers well from the tobacco, which is great if you're going to be making tobacco products. Uh, But it can't really eat tobacco products. Uh, So for food products, if we can see great gains like this, this will go a long way to helping uh, plants to be able to be more efficient, to grow more food as our population keeps growing. Something that I hate to use the cliche is food for thought. That's all for today. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley for The Daily Bolt. Have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, and stay safe.